Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Chris Larson. Chris, are you ready to do this? I'm fired up, George. I like it. Let's do this. Chris is the founder and managing partner of Next Level Income. He is an author, a podcast host, and a speaker. I'm excited to have you on. Chris, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. So um, as we were talking before the show, my wife and I and our two young boys live in Nashville, North Carolina. We've been here for about a dozen years. Uh, We founded Next Level Income to help individuals achieve financial independence through education as well as opportunities to achieve that financial independence. And my personal journey started back in college. I bought my first property at 21. Prior to that, I was trading in the stock market. I was day trading. And as a junior in college, I was making $5,000 a month. But I also had, well, yeah, it was good. And then there was days where, you know, I'd be laying there at 3 a.m. in the morning, worried about a trade, not sleeping. And at about 3.15, I thought, in another 20 years, do I want to be feeling the same way, hmm. you know, having sleepless nights and doing this? There's got to be, you know, there's got to be a better way. So I, I just continued to read. I've always been an avid reader. I read about 250 books on investing money and going to real estate seminars, bought my first investment property at age 21, bought another, 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 had a small portfolio of single homes. I entered the medical device industry to create some capital so I could continue to invest or fuel my um, pension or maybe for investing, as you may say. And then ultimately, you know, over the course of the next 15 years, we evolved from single family homes into the multifamily space. I wrote a book about that evolution called Next Level Income. And I talk about how I can multifamily to be the holy grail of real estate investing. And if you're listening and you want to learn more, you can get a copy of our book at nextlevelincome.com. Just click on the book link and you put your address and I'll send you a free copy. But what I ultimately found, George, is that multifamily real estate allows you to have a passive income. It allows you to control appreciation. If you're the operator, you can actually drive the income of the property. And unlike single family property, the value of a multifamily property is valued like a business. So if you're a business owner and you're listening, you understand that the value of your business is driven in that operating income, just like multifamily real estate. And then there's some great tax benefits to go with it. So we ultimately sold all of our single family rentals, moved all that capital into multifamily. And that was around 2013. We started that process. We started syndicating deals in 2016 and we're about to close on our, um, we got a count of eight, I believe it's our eighth, uh, property that we've syndicated here and it'll bring us up to uh, close to 15 hours. Well, congratulations. Appreciate it. Nice. <clears throat> well, that is a that is a great journey right there. So just a passion, a voracious reader and passionate about learning and explored the stock market, looked at real estate and you said, you know what? I, I, I do not like the 
the uncertainty that the stock market brings, and I can certainly, I can certainly understand that and 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 and, and attest to that. So, and then this progression from single-family homes to multifamily. So, when you say multifamily, um, is there are are there parameters around there? Is it is it a, a duplex all the way up to what is the the the, the biggest uh, building that actually qualifies as multifamily? Great question. So. Really, multifamily. I would say, you know, once you get over four units, people may may call it multifamily. For the purposes of you know what I talk about in the book, really, multifamily is kind of fifty doors or up. So, if you have a single family property up to about four doors, it's going to be valued as a single family uh, rent or a single family property or a home is going to be valued. So, it's just like comparable sales. Once you get above four. So you start to look at a little bit of a different valuation system. So a bank is going to come in and they're going to say, well, what kind of income is this producing? So we have a seven unit property in Nashville and the bank comes in and says, okay, how much income are you producing from that? So it's valued different than, than our house is valued, but really multifamily. And the reason I say above 50 doors, that's where you start to reach efficiencies. So if you're a business owner and you have a part-time employee, you say, okay, yeah, I can hire an employee, but really the efficiencies come when you can have, you know, multiple full-time employees fulfilling a role and you have overlaps or maybe sharing between different properties when it comes to multifamily. So we really say 50 units. Our group focuses on properties that 150 to about 300 doors. And we feel like there's some really good efficiencies, uh, that we get in that space. And then, um, you can also kind of regionalize, so you can have maybe a, a maintenance person that goes between properties, and that drives your operating costs down. And you know, talking about net operating income, that's going to be your income minus expenses. So if you're able to drive your expenses and increase that margin, that's another way that we're able to increase the value of these properties. Is there a reason that that somebody wouldn't want that that, that somebody who got into this kind of like you did, and then they put together this portfolio of single family homes? Is there a reason somebody wouldn't want to do multifamily? That's you know what that's a great question. So obviously, I, I talk about in my book why why I like multifamily and why it's a good fit for you know myself and my family. And, and for the record, I still think the stock market is a great place to invest. You just have to be conscious and you know have your own rules around that you're active or, you know, your dollar cost averaging, that sort of thing. Um, when it comes to real estate, we have investors that do multiple different things. So we have a lot of doctor and surgeon investors and some, some of these surgeons, you know, they like to work with their hands. They like to fix their own properties up. Hmm. So if you want to be active and, and go out and, you know, maybe you want to do a fixer up or maybe you want to buy a property, rehab it, refinance, rent it out, call it the Burr method you know, this is a passive investment. So if you're listening, you're like, man, I like to get my hands dirty. I like to, you know, get in there and be ripping out drywall and doing that sort of, you know, multifamily investments through a syndication. You're not, you're not going to get the choice to do that. Like our investors, George, they don't get to pick the carpet, the floor, (laughs) the paint. They don't get to do any of that. And some people, they like that. Right. Um, so that's, you know, that's not great. The other thing is these investments are similar to a home that you buy. If you, need a liquid investment, it's typically not good. So, you know, these investments long-term, I was talking to an investor yesterday and we were talking about kind of like the time horizons and he was asking me, well, you know, should I take this money from here, put it into multifamily? I said, well, it depends. You need to decide where that money is going long-term. 
because if, if you need five years, this might not be a good fit. So personally, I think the capital that you put into multifamily or the investment dollars you put into the multi-space should be long-term dollars. It's going to eventually kick off pretty significant amounts of passive income that's tax advantaged. And then you can your capital continue to grow in these investments without touching it in a very tax efficient manner. But you know, if you're saving for college and you got to send your kids off to college in five years, I've had those conversations with investors. I said, that's not a good fit for it. You don't want to have to depend on these dollars and taking them out on a specific timeline. Got it. I certainly appreciate that. All right. So to look at it as a long-term investment, um, it will eventually start kicking off tax preferenced income um, your capital can, 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 can continue to grow. So just walk me through a potential scenario that I say, okay, I've got, I have a hundred thousand dollars that I'm interested in investing in this. What, what could a scenario look like over the next 20 years? Yeah. So, um, first off, our process always starts with one-on-one conversations. We, we know each of our investors, we know each of their goals, and we make sure, again, that investors are, you know, in our opinion, qualified to enter into the space. So we want to make sure they're a good fit overall because we want long-term relationships. So 20 years is a great time horizon, from my perspective, George. Take $100,000, you look at one of these opportunities, you say, hey, Chris, I'm, I'm interested in looking at this. What you would do is you would look through the offer and Again, you'd already been through our process to become an approved investor with us. You look through the offering, you said, I'm interested in investing. You would fund the LLC and what we do is we typically do sole purpose LLCs. So what that means is our investors put money into the LLC. The LLC group then goes and buys the property. And typically we're putting in somewhere around 10% of the dollars as well. So we're, we're not only the general partners, we're also the limited partner. We're operating on, on both sides. We're putting our own skin in the game, so to speak. Once we buy that property, the cool thing is the limited partners, the investors, it's passive. We pay out monthly checks. So that means those investors are going to get a monthly report. They're going to get quarterly financial. It's like if they own the property themselves, they are going to get the income. They're going to get the tax benefits basically in a pro rata fashion. So on a percentage basis based on their ownership in that investment. So if a hundred thousand dollar investor was a 1% owner, they get 1% of the income, tax benefits, and also the appreciation. So let's say we improve this property, we improve operations, we improve the rents. And what we typically do, George, is we're going and we're putting five to $10,000 per door into improvements to make the community, to make the property for our residents, which means they typically are okay paying a premium for rent to move into one of these newly renovated units. Maybe that means they have high-speed internet. Maybe it means they have new granite countertops or new wood floors, things like that, that, uh, you know, you, your family, my, myself, my family can appreciate and say, yeah, this is worth, you know, a little bit more money. And then over that period of time, we improve the income, we improve operations, the net operating income increases. We're typically going to look to sell these properties on a three to seven year timeline. So let's say that property sells. That's where the investor can gain that appreciation on the back end. So that hundred thousand dollar investment, you know, may grow, um, you know, substantially. It's I don't like to put specific sure. you know, percentage figures on it, but let's say you know a hundred thousand dollar investment grows to one hundred and fifty for argument's sake, um, as an example. Then that investor can typically either sell their ownership in that when we sell the property or they can do what's called a 1031 exchange that I talk about in my book. 
is really powerful. So what the government has incented people to do or investors or business owners to do is take their dollars that they've invested. If they continue to invest those dollars, the government, the IRS says, you don't have to pay taxes on that. You can take your new $150,000, roll it into another investment and continue to let that grow tax free. Kind of like if you were inside of a qualified plan, like a 401k. Now that 150, maybe through the next property, it grows to, you know, 225,000. And I actually illustrate this in my book and walk through what that looks like and the difference that doing a 1031 exchange or multiple 1031 exchanges can, can, um, uh, change over the life of a 20 year investment versus just selling, paying the tax and reinvesting. And it can make, it can make like a two times difference in, in the amount of money that you end up with. So it's very tax efficient. If you go into it with the right strategy, we are almost always going to look for a 1031 exchange, which means if you're an investor, when we're selling one property, we're going to look to be buying another property around the same time and say, Hey, George, if you're interested, you can take these dollars and you can roll them into another one. Now we don't want to hold anyone's money hostage, but sure. you know, we want to make sure that, um, they have the options on the back end and that's, that's our personal plan. You know, we want to continue to roll those dollars forward and forward and forward. And ultimately this is kind of interesting. The government says, if you pass that gain onto your heirs, so let's say your hundred thousand dollar investments worth a million dollars at some point in the future, you pass that onto your heirs, the government says your heirs basis like what they essentially quote unquote paid for that investment is a million dollars. So if they turned around and sold it the next day, typically they're not going to owe any tax on that. So it's really amazing that you can take this strategy and roll it out many years into the future, ultimately it's on your appreciation to your family, to your estate, to your heirs and not pay tax on that. That's in my mind, that's tremendously powerful if you do it right. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. That was a, an excellent illustration. I, I, I think I was able to follow everything, and 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 I certainly appreciate that. Just from a, a technical standpoint, when when and we'll use the same example. I I came in, I invested a hundred thousand dollars. It went into this this LLC. When that property sells, is that LLC then liquidated? Yeah, great question. Um, so it it depends. So if we if you just sell it outright then you're going to you're cease that LLC. There's some, you know, it may persist for a short period of time afterwards um, to settle, you know, any taxes or different stuff like that. So it's not typically like to sell it. It kind of rolls out for a year or so. And then uh, there's kind of like a final final distribution out of that. If you'd roll it into a 1031 or roll it through a 1031, typically what you do is you have um, a specific interest in the next property that that LLC would own. So what happens is that that entity carries over into the next one to enable those tax benefits to Got persist. It. That makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it's a, uh, certainly a, an educational process from, uh, just getting started with your first rental property. And now you just said you finished your eighth syndication deal. And I think it's, 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 it's super exciting. So it must be as somebody who likes to learn, just, just fascinating. It's nonstop and the tax laws changed. Like in mm. 2017, we got new tax laws. So it's always a, you know, it's, it's really neat. There's always this process of optimization. So, you know, you go through and the, the landscape changes day, you know, with co you know, the, in 2020 COVID and more residents looking for high speed internet, that's become a really valuable 
commodity, a really valuable offering to our residents. So, you know, something that we may have not looked at two years ago, today we're looking at different things. So yeah, you always got to kind of figure out where the future is going, optimize for it, look at the tax code, look at the different laws, look at what's being incented by the government, like green lending programs and, and incorporate those and continue to do the best for our investors. Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that. And as as you're talking and describing all of this, it's it's clear that that you do have a passion for it, and you've obviously committed to to doing this um, and 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 making this this your life's work. So certainly, somebody could do this on their own, um, but it's I, I I have to think that it's probably makes more sense unless somebody is really interested in spending a ton of time. This would be hard to passively do on your own. Uh, it, it, I think it is. So yeah, if you want to go out and become an uh, investor an active operator in the space, what, what I did, what my partners have done is we invested with operators as limited partners first. And that's a great thing. We have investors that call me, they're like, I want to learn how to do it. You know, should I just go take my money and, and do that? Well, yeah. first off, lenders are not going to say, Hey, Hey Chris, Hey George, congratulations. You guys want to be multifamily operators. We're going to loan you. $15 million. That's not how it works. They're going to say, okay, what's your experience? Because what's cool is you have non-recourse debt. And what that means is the lenders are not going to hold the investors responsible if something goes wrong with the property. They're not going to come after the investors personally. So that's called non-recourse debt. It's very powerful. And it's very, it's, you know, it's nice to be protected as an investor versus if you're a doctor and you go buy a single family property and you know, you're getting sued by a patient for some reason, rightfully or wrongfully. And then, you know, your next thing you know, your, your res, your tenant trips and falls, sues you. And you're ha- if you stop paying your mortgage, the bank's coming after you personally, you don't have that in this space. So there, there are different things that are advan- advantageous, but you have to have experience to do them. So if you say, Hey, I want to be active. I would say, go out, find some operators that seem to know what they're doing, that you respect, do due diligence, find the ones that are the best in their space, they're regionally, consider investing with them. And if you do invest, learn everything you can. Treat it like a free education because you're you're entitled to that as an investor, as an owner. And then there are operators out there that you can partner with on your first deal and basically apprentice you to get to the point where you want to be active. So if it's something you're interested in, I think a great place to start is actually being an investor. That's how I learned. And I talked about that in my book as well. And if you don't want to be active or you're not sure if you want to be active, it's too, because you can figure that out without spending a ton of money doing it. Cause what I will tell you is we buy a lot of properties, operators that are subpar and people say, well, why would, a, why would somebody want to sell to you all? And how can you do better than somebody else? We're, we're just more efficient. We have the best operators in the regions that we operate in. So, you know, it's, it's a lot cheaper to learn from somebody else's mistakes and with somebody and give up, say, half the profits than make all the mistakes yourself and pay for them along the way, right? No doubt. I like it. Well, Chris, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I'm going to piggyback on that. If you are interested in 
doing something. If you're young and you're listening, you say, wow, I, I admire that person. I want to be like them. I want to build my life to be like that. Or if you're older, find a mentor, find somebody that you can partner with that's going to help guide you along the way. I think I made a lot of mistakes when I was early. So I kind of have that entrepreneurial mind. I like to go do things myself. I think you're always better off if you have somebody, you know, a coach, a mentor, you know, somebody you're, you're working with as a partner that can help teach you along the way and help, help you take that shortcut to success in life. So don't hesitate, reach out to somebody you respect, you know, ask if you can buy them a cup of coffee, you know, get on a zoom call with them and continue to do that until you find the people that can help you achieve the life that you want to live. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can people engage with you? And tell us again where we can get the book. Yeah, so you can check out our podcast, our blog, free book at nextlevelincome.com, nextlevelincome.com. And my address, my email address is chris at nextlevelincome.com. Hear from you. Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Chris your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to nextlevelincome.com. Check out the resources like the blog and the podcast. Get a copy of the book. You can shoot Chris an email at chris at nextlevelincome.com. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Chris. George, you're awesome. Love what you're doing with the podcast, your academy, and you take care out there in Phoenix, all right? Well, thank you, man. And until next time, Keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money. Getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.